Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. So welcome to the uh, long-awaited second episode of the Steve Review on the uh, YMM Podcast Network. It's not really a network. It's all one feed, but uh, we do have all these different shows, and uh, I, I uh, put a bunch of them out of the gate uh, all at the same time uh, to the table and press play, and we do have some more episodes coming out for those, of course. Uh, we've had a few so far, but only one of the Steve Reviews ever got out, uh, and that is because I got super busy. It's uh, you know not an excuse. I would love to be able to do this every single week, but uh, the, my weeks are not created equal. And uh, lately I've been working very hard on this uh, very important project close to my heart called The Good Survivor, which uh, actually is one of the 15 teams in Alberta, 15 filmmaking teams that won a $10,000 production budget from StoryHive uh, via TELUS. So huge shout out to StoryHive uh, and NSI and uh, all of the uh, organizations associated with this uh, this whole StoryHive uh, thing, this uh, competition, uh, project accelerator, whatever you want to call it, uh, 15 teams from Alberta, 15 teams from BC, all got this $10,000 grant, and they are all going to be available in 2016. Uh, we have to deliver our finished movie by February 1st, so soon after that, all of these are not only going to be just uh, existing uh, out there in the world, but also available on demand uh, for anywhere in the country. Anybody who's got Telesoptic TV or access to Telesoptic TV going to be able to watch these uh, anytime that they want, streaming right into their homes, right to the device. Totally awesome, right? Big step. Uh, the only team from Fort McMurray uh, that has one, and um, just uh, just just blowing doors down with what we're doing. We have one of the most aggressive shooting schedules we've heard. Uh, we've uh, got just a really interesting uh, idea for the story that that just really hasn't been told before. It was ironic. We were just a week out from shooting uh, the major weekend this past weekend of principal photography for the Good Survivor, uh, which is a story that takes place in the post-apocalypse and has questions about what is it to be good, what is it to survive. Uh, is it important to just keep yourself alive? Is it important to uh, sacrifice potentially the safety of your own life and your well-being to help out others? Uh, these there's no right answer uh, or no wrong answer, but you know these questions are still addressed, and it also has a lot to do with disabilities in the post-apocalypse as a commentary for people living with disabilities in the modern first world that we find ourselves in. Um, it is all taking place uh, thanks to conversations between the director and uh, writer Tito Gillen and uh, one of the main actors uh, and just uh, a, a big force behind the story, uh, Dylan Thomas Boucher, who uh, is a person with cerebral palsy, living with it every single day of his life, diagnosed at a very young age. And uh, we didn't want to shy away from that. We didn't want to discuss it and not actually have somebody who understood it in place of the role. And, uh, you know, just all these things that would have felt false. Uh, we wanted to stay very clear and far away from them. And we even had some, one of our mentors from Story Hive ask us, uh, um, like, you know, no, don't want to be insensitive or anything, but uh, is this character going to be played by somebody who who has a cerebral palsy or is it going to be played by somebody who's acting cerebral palsy? Because one of them is fantastic and great. One of them questionable and awkward, right? So we, we wanted to do things right. We wanted to tell the story and not, and put everything out on Front Street, but also not wave a flag around you know it's not a look at me look at us kind of project where we're like yeah we care we care and you should care it's it's just that i mean people in the world are made different uh the genetics are different nature is different nurture is different and uh these people would all exist in the post-apocalypse as well 
no matter what kind of uh, background you have, no matter what you've got going on with your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul, uh, all these people will exist to some you know degree or to to a certain amount of time. There's all these questions that are up in the air, but ultimately the story is about survival. There's zombies in it that are just amazingly made up by uh, Ashley Lawrence, and I did a little bit of help as well in that department because I just love it so much. A lot of the practical effects I was uh, part of the production team for and uh, helping just produce the film in general. I got a lot of hats is what I'm trying to say. So... With that, that is my long and roundabout way of saying that's pretty much the main reason uh, that in addition to the Fort McMurray International Film Festival, which took place in early September... And that has taken up a lot, a lot, a lot of my time. And uh, I've tried to make as many other podcasts happen, but the Steve Review kind of got pushed to the sidelines. But So, I mean, we haven't really gotten a feel for the format. What is the Steve Review? What is the show that you're listening to right now? Uh, well, I mean, it's a solo show. Uh, no guests on this one because we do have guests on the main YMM podcast show as well as uh, we, we have to have guests for press play and for To the Table and uh, all these other ones that uh, just kind of center around having a group of people having fun. But I wanted to do one myself so that I could occasionally get up on my soapbox and shout out about something and right now i gotta say very pleased to see headlines uh saying welcome to canada and hearing from uh, communities where young kids have written letters welcoming new people to their community uh refugees who are coming into this country of ours uh and uh are being shown what tolerance and acceptance and uh, true caring and love especially in the season that we find ourselves in is in canada and it's very important to me. My my faith in humanity has been wavering a lot lately. Uh, a lot of uh, bullshit was happening uh, on social media. A lot of conversations that uh, just have to do with bullshit happening due to the election. You know, it's it was firing people up. It's over now. Thank goodness. But also thank goodness for for how it's over uh, because I really think that it's important that uh, we do intake refugees into this country now. Now, before I'm blasted as just being open eyes, uh, sorry, closed eyes, open arms, liberal who only cares about uh, caring. No, I mean, that's not the only factor. I got to say, I think it is absolutely great that we are uh, actively not going to be accepting males uh, of refugees from uh, war-torn areas such as Syria into the country at this time. They will not be making up a large percentage of the 25,000 uh, refugees that we have pledged to take in. I think that's important because, I mean, statistically, the majority of uh, of people who have been helping out with the Islamic State, with ISIS, and I hate even using the word Islamic State. It's, I, I know they put that in their title, but they do not represent Islam. They do not I repeat, do not represent Islam whatsoever. They re represent Islam like the KKK represents Christianity, all right? They do not represent a peaceful and loving religion that is actually how it should be. They are an extremist sect. They may, we may learn things about their ideology from a holy text in particular, but they do not represent the uh, goodwill of the religion. They are just bad people that are excusing even worse behavior and heinous, disgusting crimes and acts against humanity uh, in the name of something that uh, would abhor what they are trying to do. Um, so I, I got to say, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here because I'm just getting so fired up about it. But uh, there's all, there are people who definitely do have valid points about safety concerns, about not being completely open uh, you know, with our borders, about security checks, about health screening, about all of this. It's very important, but you have to understand that the country that we live in, uh, maybe to a lesser extent than America below us, but also we're in a very similar uh, part of the world and a very similar mindset to America, very similar histories. Um, a country built on refugees, a country built on people who have, who have escaped 
religious, political, uh, personal persecution and have come to a free land to experience all that it has to offer and to create an even better life. Now, does every person who comes over here from somebody somewhere else have this perfectly idyllic uh, outlook on life? Maybe not. I mean, you could argue that uh, just the fact that someone is a refugee means that they have gone through some very t difficult things and that could have had an adverse effect on their psyche. Blah, 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 blah. This is something that has to be taken in on an individual basis, though, and that is where the screenings come in. That's why it's so important to have the security screenings. And this is something that I don't see in conversation a lot. It is a pure fact of the matter that uh, war-torn countries will actively try to send refugees into other countries that they are trying to destabilize, and that is something we need to be careful of. We can't just say yes, 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 because that could, in turn, become a security risk, a security breach, and uh, could lead to something devastating. But at the same time, also just having airports and open borders and the ability for somebody to take a boat to land and come into the country without even being checked on by, by anybody else uh, is, is also a concern. And, but but how do you police that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we just just probably just uh, status quo it and keep doing things as we're doing until something bad happens. Uh, you know what? There's risk in everything. There's risk in absolutely everything that we do and don't do. And uh, so then when it comes down to it, what is the deciding factor? I think it has to be love. I think it has to be tolerance. I think it has to be acceptance. We are not as good as we should be as a humankind, as, as a species, as the uh, stewards of the planet that we call home, we are not as good as we should be in 2015. We've taken some seriously huge step backs, uh, steps back in recent years. And, um, not even in recent years. I mean, you know, in some ways we really have uh, progressed. We really have become more tolerant and more accepting. We really have improved technologies and, and we really do understand things and our impact on the planet a lot better um, in, in really broad strokes. But at the same time, we are also just so fearful. And when you let fear influence your decision making and how you look at other people, uh, it is a bad thing. It is just purely bad. And what I wanted to end off on this uh, ranty, ranty uh, Steve review in the holiday season that should be so full of love and life and light. Uh, this just caught my ear, caught my eye. Um, it is a letter to the editor from Frank Sinatra uh, to Henry A. Wallace. Um, this is 1947 that this letter was written, and I want that to really sink in. We are over 60 years out from that. Um, well, you know, right in that ballpark anyway, uh, even if my math is a little bit off, the amount of time since then and since my reading of it right now is actually staggering for how relevant this letter still remains. Now, you have to understand this is a post-World uh, War II, uh, post-Pearl Harbor America, where things were just not sure. Things were shaky. Things had gotten bad. Uh, even though America had kind of gotten into World War II late, hadn't experienced the full extent of the Blitz bombing and, and, and things like that, uh, and were just geographically more further removed from the actual World War that was going on in Europe at the time. Uh, not just in Europe, though. I mean, things very uh, clearly also were happening in Asia as well as on the home front of the United States. Uh, and uh, so that just sets the scenery. That sets the, the era that this letter was written in. Very, si I would say, very similar to to recent years when we've experienced attacks such as 9-11 way back when now, uh, but also way more recently, Beirut, uh, Paris, a lot of different places in the world have been attacked, and uh, the credit has been apparently linked to ISIS. Now, understanding that ISIS is the type of organization that will take credit for anything because if people believe them, they'll be afraid of it, even though they might 
possibly have had very little to do with it, or it could have been a completely different splinter cell uh, or or completely different group of, uh, of fascist uh, fanatic ideologists that uh, ISIS just says, yeah, uh, we did that. You can't believe everything ISIS says. You just absolutely cannot. So again, I'm getting out of my... Uh, out of my train of thought here, but this is the letter from Frank Sinatra to Henry A. Wallace. Sir, I'm writing this on December 7th. There are only 14 more shopping days, just two more frantic Saturdays till Christmas. I happened to be on Fifth Avenue this morning in one of the big department stores, as who wasn't, but I looked at the faces of the people. It's hard to realize that on the second Pearl Harbor day, in this, so, uh, this time of so-called peace, only five years after that brutal Sunday, when a Philharmonic concert was rocked by the shocking fragments of news flung from blasted Hickam Field, people's faces looked almost as they looked in 1929. Now as then, the prices are high, people are kicking about them, but paying them. Now as then, the youngsters are a problem and the dancing is exhausting. Now as then, a party to whom considerable has happened in the last 17 years wonders what's going on with the same ingrown, inexplicable fear he felt as a kid. Only as a kid, it was obvious to me that the fear had to do with the insecurity of my future. Today, the fear seems to have more to do with the insecurity of everybody's future. What little knowledge I've absorbed in the last 17 years has not come easy, but the first thing I've learned still seems to be the most important thing that I ever got through to me. And that is that a bunch of kids bound together in the unfashionable fraternity of economic insecurity aren't going to mingle their discontents very successfully unless they mingle them with mutual respect. Mutual respect, whether it's on the the slum level of one little kid for another, or at the top of the ladder where it's one government for another, one race for another, or one belief for another, is nothing but tolerance. If this is the only thing I ever learn, I'm grateful, because I believe not many men learn even one thing they can live by. If they did, I'm sure more would learn the same thing I learned. It's not a hard concept to understand. It's so simple they wrote a popular song about it, called Love Thy Neighbor. It's now 15 months after the defeat of powers that laughed at tolerance and planned to enslave the world by setting one faith against another, one race against another, one nation against another. And what have we? We've only made small, suspicious progress towards international understanding while the world festers with racial and religious discontent, in most cases again fostered by interests that can only hold control by divisionism. And these divisionistic tactics have even been able to invade the minds of people who think themselves liberal and progressive. Many of them, myself included, act largely on emotional impulses. We don't like to see people pushed around. It doesn't matter much to us who is pushing whom. There are people smart enough to take advantage of this weakness in the liberals' thinking and to turn it into their own purposes. There are people we're going to have to look out for in the years to come. It was pretty easy to march with the liberals and the progressives in the years of Roosevelt. We knew he wouldn't let us go wrong. Until another leader we can trust, as we trusted him, takes up the fight we think of as ours, the fight for tolerance, which is the basis of any fight for peace. It is going to be a tough is going to be tough to be a liberal because the people who are the most tolerant of every other group's weaknesses and mistakes are the most intolerant of any within their own ranks. Even though we all make what are patently errors Uh, In thought and action from time to time, let us not let anybody force us to break ranks. Let's at the very least hold our own line of mutual understanding until we've again found the leadership to give us direction. May we find it before another December 7th catches up with a world almost oblivious to the fact that only 18 days separate the anniversaries of peace on earth and war on earth. 
Thanks for listening to the Steve Review.